Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. The Willow Project, one of the largest and most controversial planned oil developments on public lands, finally has federal approval to start construction in Alaska. On Monday, the Biden administration okayed the project, marking the culmination of years of debate over the future of drilling in the Arctic. Now, Willow's approval comes right after Biden declared the entire U.S. Arctic Ocean off limits to new oil and gas leasing in a separate but related move to appease climate activists. And it also comes after environmental groups and some nearby tribal communities have tried to block the development, while proponents, including Alaska lawmakers, labor unions, and a number of native Alaska groups, have highlighted the potential economic benefits. So today, Politico's Ben Lefebvre on why Biden approved Willow, how the administration is defending itself, and the reactions from Greens. It's Tuesday, March 14th. The Biden administration on Monday said it would approve the ConocoPhillips Willow Project for three drill pads, which the drill pads are just localized drilling sites found in like the main drilling area. Conoco had originally asked for five drill pads. There had been rumors last week that the administration might hold them to two. Two drill pads wasn't enough, Conoco had said, and they'd walk away from the project if it was that few. But with Monday's announcement, it seems like this project's now going ahead. Conoco will have to dig a gravel mine on the site, build pipelines, build an airstrip, basically turn what had been a part of the Arctic tundra into like a full-fledged oil production site. It's supposed to be like a 30-year project. The environmental analysis of it that Interior put out said that would put about 280 million tons of greenhouse gas into the air over the project's lifetime. If you look at the EPA greenhouse gas equivalency calculator, that's about two coal plants per year. So that's what we're looking at. And then how is the White House explaining its decision? I saw in the press release, they're kind of touting how they ended up shrinking the size. They're not going with the full scope of it as they could have. So how are they explaining it? They're trying to strike a balance, but their explaining is that they could not shrink it any further without Conoco walking away from the project. And that would then open up the administration to lawsuits. They're saying Conoco has had oil leases on that site on the National Petroleum Reserve Alaska for decades. And if they denied them the chance to use them, Conoco could have turned around and sued the administration. A lot of folks are kind of questioning that rationale. They said the Biden administration has come out on other issues and say, you know, basically dared people to sue them after it, like with student loans. And other times they've won, like when they did a social cost of greenhouse gas calculation that the Supreme Court let stand. But the administration has been leaning heavily into the for Willow, leaning heavily into the explanation that they had to do this because of legal constraints. Interesting. And we know the Biden administration has been meeting with advocates on both sides for weeks on this decision. So what's the political context for it? And how does it, again, kind of reflect how the president is handling these dual pressures of ensuring energy security and addressing climate change? The political context is the pretty basic damned if you do, damned if you don't. 
If they would have killed it, they would have got ripped by Republicans in the oil industry for being hypocritical when it comes to their message from recent months that the oil industry needs to produce more to keep prices down as the war in Ukraine continues. Having allowed it, they're catching hell from environmental groups who are saying this goes against Biden's pledge to cut greenhouse gas emissions by half by 2030. So there was no real way they were going to come out of this unscathed. But, you know, they're kind of also risking the curse of the middle path where they're just getting hit from both sides. Because what the Biden administration did was say, we will allow this project to go forward, but we're going to remove a bunch of acres from new oil and gas lease sales in Alaska. Like, I think it's like 16 million acres in all. And now the oil industry and its allies in Congress are saying, well, great, you gave Conoco its project, but you shut the door on everyone else. Yeah, those secondary announcements were interesting that you mentioned there. So how are environmentalists reacting to the new conservation measures that the White House also announced? And how is that secondary move coloring how environmentalists view the Willow decision, if at all? It's interesting. There are some groups have come out and said, we don't like Willow, and we're chalking this up as a loss, but we're glad to have some sort of recompense as far as environmental or conservation efforts. But others are saying this is not good enough. They're like basically saying, Willow will emit so much greenhouse gas that this conservation efforts are not really enough to offset the Willow decision. One group, the Center for Western Priorities, had an analysis of how many federal acres oil companies have been taking up in Alaska, and they're like, it's been falling quite a bit in the past decade or so. Their thoughts are, this conservation effort is nice, but most of the acres that oil companies wanted out of Alaska are already taken. So this conservation effort is maybe shutting the door after the cows have already left. It seems to be the Biden administration's efforts to kind of calm environmental groups has not gone as far as it would have liked. Also, Volkswagen announced on Monday that the Canadian city of St. Thomas in southern Ontario will be the site of its first battery plant outside Europe. The Canadian battery plant deal has been in the works for a while, but neither the company nor the Canadian government have declared a dollar amount of the investment. The announcement comes more than a week after the German car giant announced plans to build a new $2 billion electric vehicle manufacturing plant near Columbia, South Carolina. The company wants to grow its North American presence in order to qualify for Inflation Reduction Act tax credits that gives preferential treatment to manufacturers and materials sourced in the region. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. Chevron is developing renewable diesel made with biofeedstock that can help reduce the life cycle carbon emissions of heavy-duty transport fuels today. Learn more at chevron.com.